Welcome back to Split Decision. This week on episode 26, we're going to recap UFC Vegas 83, Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez from this past weekend. From there, we'll draft our top five Christmas song to keep it themed up. Next, we'll preview UFC 296, Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards for the welterweight title for the last UFC card of 2023. Then we'll huddle up for the big playoff implications for week 15 of the NFL. And finally, we'll jump back into Stakes and Takes, our betting segment where we give you our best advice for this week's games. But first, don't forget to head to splitdecisionpod.com where you'll find all our recent podcasts, top fives, and more. Again, that's splitdecisionpod.com. All right, let's go. So the UFC fight night from this weekend ended up being a quietly good card. Not a lot of expectations, not a lot of chatter about it. But if you watch the fights, especially the main card, it was very exciting. Very eventful. Very eventful. A lot of good showings by guys. A lot of guys that you know their name and then they kind of just made a statement. Was it only one decision or two decisions? Two decisions for the main card. The main event and the first fight. And they were both like entertaining entertaining fights like it wasn't a boring fight right both contested both both back and forth both correct in my opinion correct decision by the judges yeah and one was very obvious and that was the main event right song yadong chris gutierrez this was billed as a fight between two great strikers and it ended up being just that just that song yadong had the obvious edge over chris gutierrez about middle of the fight, Gutierrez was visibly frustrated, not only with the way he was fighting, he was frustrated with his corner, like some of the back and forth between him and his coaches. Yeah, you and saw then, that too. Uh, he was like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Like He, he was like kind of calling him off like, no, I got this. But and it was like, dude, you're not showing you got it. And then he started arguing with somebody in the crowd that even the announcers had to be like, I don't know what fighters talking shit to him, but somebody in the crowd was talking shit and threw him off his game. Look, he, he, he was obviously flustered. I think Song Yudong... He also got beat by the better striker, I believe. That, that was actually what I was about to say. I think Song Yudong had the better strikes throughout for the fight. But also, he was the aggressor for the whole fight. He cornered Gutierrez. Now, Gu- Gutierrez, to his benefit, he did use like his signature leg kick you know, move to keep people at bay. Damaged Song Yudong's legs as often as he could. But he just didn't put together combos that mattered at the end of the day and before the fight song yudong was talking some mad shit it's probably in chinese because i didn't they were just saying what he was saying right but he was very confident coming in he said he was going to finish it early it ended up not being that but song yudong his words before the fight was i should have got somebody pretty much ranked higher than this and i'm going to prove why and he kind of proved why. He proved he deserves to be a contender in this division. Yeah, look, he won the fight on the judges' scorecards, 50-44, 50-45, 50-45. So every round with two 10-8 rounds thrown in there. Look, that shows domination to me. It shows that Chris Gutierrez you can at the get very, very least was flustered. <laughs> MMA judges to agree on every round that you won. Right. That's impressive. That shows that, the, that everybody was watching the same fight. Even somebody that doesn't know what's going on can uh, knew... Song Yudong kind of beat up Chris Gutierrez in this fight. Absolutely. My, my wife was able to tell that, and she doesn't even really pay attention when the fights are on. So I have a question. Who's next? Song Yudong called out Peter Yan. I would love to see that fight. That's a good fight. I That's think a fight they could have in China, too. They could have that fight in China. This fight card was supposed to be in China, by the way. Up until, what, like, like a month ago? Two or ago? three weeks ago. It was crazy Yeah, it, how it wasn't. changed it. So other options for me... Rematch with Corey Sanhagen, you just just as a. Uh, I think that's too soon of a fight for them to rematch again. Or an Aljamain Sterling, you know, we, we're thinking possibly like a Marab, but Marab's got a fight with Henry Cejudo, you know, scheduled I think in January. Yeah. Um. So you know the other, the other brother, Aljamain Sterling, I think he could be a good option. I think that would be a good. I don't know if Aljo takes that fight. I would like for him to. At some point, Aljo's going to have to stop doing what he wants to do and start doing what the UFC tells him to do. That would be a big fight for Song Yudong, though. It would. I think uh, any of those fights would be good. Probably the most likely, in my opinion, is going to be his call-out, Peter Yan. Peter Yan, I haven't seen fight in a little bit. 
And I believe the last time he fought, he lost. So, yeah, he lost like two or three times. Right. Rob, so uh, if you're going to call Malley. that guy out, if the UFC might look to book that fight, and like you said, maybe a China card. Yeah, Moving on, see that. we have the co-main event. That was between the light heavyweights, Anthony Smith and Khalil Roundtree Jr. That was another one where, you know, we kind of thought it could go either way. Uh, or at least I thought it could go either way with the striking. You know, if Anthony Smith used his uh, height advantage, his reach advantage to kind of keep Roundtree away from him, it would work. But obviously I was I was proven very quickly wrong. Yeah, this was a, a fight. Uh, a chicken <laughs> if, leg, Anthony Smith. You knew nothing about uh, fighting and you saw the two guys. You'd see the big guy with muscles versus the guy. He's not in bad shape or anything, but he just doesn't have the muscles that Khalil Roundtree has. Right. You would think Khalil Roundtree would dominate. Conventional thinking as a fight fan would make you think the opposite. It was like, no, not the impressive guy, looking guy. Right. You, physique like, and everything. That's not the best fighter. Personally. Well, in this case, the casuals were right. Personally, I thought Khalil Roundtree's muscles were going to gas him late into the fight, and Anthony Smith was going to kind of just wear on him, and then later in the fight, he was going to kind of piece him up to victory. He took too much damage. Khalil was just piecing him up. Yeah, a minute into the third round, he he got all wobble leg. Yeah, and as you said, it was to a lesser extent uh, Bobby Green. Right. Although they stop the fight without him taking more damage, which Dude. the Bobby Green fight should have been. Right. That, the Bobby, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to harp on that too much. The Bobby Green took way too much damage, you know, when he yeah. was he was getting knocked and out several fight times. this was not as bad as a wobble leg knockout. Better look, but, though, with Roundtree standing over him with a, a bald fist just ready to— I was to, about to say that. That was maybe one of the most, like, intimidating, like, I'm sure there's a cool photo of him out there, standing with the hammer fist just ready to pounce on him if— I think it was Herb Dean led him. But he waited for the ref, gave him credit, didn't didn't give Anthony too much damage. Right, what absolutely. an impressive win from uh from Roundtree. What do you think so for the next with well, the next fight for Roundtree? So he he obviously like, you know, kind of jumps Anthony Smith in, in the rankings there. He moves up. Who do you think? He called out Alex Pereira. Might be a little early for there. I would like to see that fight, but Light I heavyweight's think, not very stacked up as a so division. It's possible if Pereira defends the belt one more. I don't know. That, that's a, not out of the question. So I threw up two other possible options. We have like, like a Jan Blahovich or a Nikita Krylov. I would like either one, but him versus Jan Blahovich is probably the fight he would like most. Blahovich just carries more. He's a former champ, so that yeah. carries more weight. I uh, agree. If you, if you were to beat him, I that's think, a good one to put on your resume. So I think I if like you don't get the Pereira fight next for Roundtree, I think if you book somebody, if not Jan Blahovich specifically, Somebody like... Hey, and then Yuri's just sitting out there. Right. Somebody like Jan goes out there. If you beat him, you're standing next in line for a title shot. If you beat Jan or Yuri, somebody like that, I think you're pretty much set up. All right, so that takes care of the co-main. The next one, Jamie Malarkey taking on the Moroccan. Man, I ate my shit on this one. Hapkarast. Hapkarast? Hakparast. Hakparast. I don't know why I can't say that guy's name. It's a cool name. It is. It's. And it's, I picked him to win, and he performed first-round knockout. Yeah, you did exactly. He did exactly what you said he was going to do. He. The best way to describe his performance was sharp. Sharp as in he had... His punches were pointed. They were getting where they needed to go. They cut through, and they were landing on Jamie Malarkey. And they were obviously powerful by the way this fight ended. Yeah, the I agree. The We thought this was going to be a striking bout off the bat. And both both fighters started off strong. Jamie Malarkey did, you know, initially start off kind of countering whatever Hackbrass was throwing. But like you said, the damage was just too Hack much Brass there. Hackbrass was too much for him. Yeah, it, it, like— it, like I alluded to it before. He he kind of looks like a uh, a more in shape Kelvin Gastelum, and he, does. he showed that he's you know he kind of better in the striking range in that division if that's his counterpart. You know he finished the fight early. It didn't go to a decision or anything like that. Good for Hackbrast. I had to eat my words. Is he the second resurgence of African fighters? I, the I mean, Moroccan. He could. He could be. He, After they had a they had a big. Uh, Peak Look, last uh, year kind of dipped. They're going to come back. We under two minutes in the first, a minute forty four seconds in the first round was a stoppage. If if that's the case, you know, uh, if that's the resurgence of Africa in the UFC, who does he fight next? Is it somebody like Bobby Green who just got knocked out? 
because the lightweight division stacked. Or is it somebody Bobby like Green's Benoit Saint Denis, who's off, on, who's on a tear of a win, you know, win column on his on his own? I would like to see him versus Saint Denis. I think Bobby Green's gonna have to take a long time off. What about Rafael dos Anjos? He's coming off of a loss, but it's a loss from a you know a couple months ago against Vicente Luque. Right. He has. Uh, I he, think if. I think that would be a good fight for him. I think right now Hack Press needs a guy with a name. RDA has a name. Benoit Saint Denis has a name right now in the division. Benoit Saint Denis has a big name right now in the division. So I think division. either of those are good fights for Hack Press. And I think anybody he fights, he's going to come in with. He might not be the favorite, especially against like Saint Denis or something, but he's not a guy to mess around with. Yeah, definitely wouldn't want to sleep on somebody like Nazarat Hack Press to win at any point in any fight, even against our favorites. You know, going into whoever he's fighting next. All right, so jumping into the next fight for UFC Vegas 83. The late notice. It was a late notice replacement by Tim Elliott. He took on Sue Mudayerji. It was a strong bantamweight fight. And kind of like we were talking before we started hitting the record button, uh, Mudayerji kind of hit his, his weakness. Yeah, if you look at this on paper, you would say, oh, he's lost all his fights by submission. Well, Tim Elliott has submissions. So he's going to win. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, you picked Mudaiurji. I picked Elliott. It was a kind of a clash from the beginning. I didn't know how to judge the fight coming in. The biggest thing I thought from Elliott was going to be his crazy, unorthodox style was just going to be too much for Mudaiurji to combat in a setting where he didn't have a full camp or much longer than a few days to study who Tim Elliott is. You know, if it's, if you, well, I don't think it really mattered, honestly, because it Tim really Elliott did. Has a that's strong just game, my thoughts, strong ground <laughs> game. And that's obviously his weakness, right? So going in, it, it played a very significant role. Like we said, mood tried to stay composed through Elliott's unorthodox style, but it, it proved way too much. And he got subbed. You know, it was it was an impressive victory. So it was a guy that's new to the UFC and Muda Ayushi taking on one of the biggest vets in the division and Tim Elliott. Right. And it proved, as we've said before, many times before in our six months of doing this, that the experience and there's levels to this. Experience and levels. And Tim Elliott proved he's a level above Muda Ayushi. A gatekeeper in even, the division. Even on short day notice. As long as you can make weight, if you're Tim Elliott, you, you have a chance to win the fight. All right, so the last fight of the main card that we're going to cover was the main card opener, Jung Young Park, Andre Muniz. Honestly, I was surprised by the way this, looking on paper, Muniz, I don't know why. I didn't think he was going to win. He had two straight losses, taking on a guy with four straight wins. It looked like careers in opposite directions. I agree. And Muniz proved us wrong. Today, Junior. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was a, definitely a match of careers, almost in two different directions, with Munez losing to Brendan Allen and Paul Craig in kind of that order, you know, in history. Those are two killers, though. I'll give him credit. Park, four wins in a row, getting, what, three of those by submission, I three think? Three straight subs coming in. Look, I thought this was going to go more of the way of Park having the angle of wrestling, but it showed that Park was resilient and never giving up and, like, giving giving the position up. He always found a way to get back to his feet, no matter how long it took. It was more annoying to me because of how dominant Muniz was able to be with the control time, with the kind of... It was control time, but it was like... It was Muniz, active. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't was active, pissed with how the fight was happening. It was active, but it wasn't like ground and pound act. Like, right. I think they said it during the broadcast that Park... Park they, could have won the first round in the last minute but they said, alone. Yeah, because he round. was getting control most of the fight, but he turned it around in the last minute and started getting right, some he, ground. He and got down. damage. They said Park, they said, and if you watch the fight, it looked like it happened. Park, he did, he was good. He was getting control, but he was good at limiting the damage he took while he was getting controlled. Right. He, he was able to take his time and get out of move, well, get like out of Alex position. Ferreira, like, yeah, if you get him to the ground, he doesn't really, he's not going to get back up that much. He'll get back up a little bit, but not. But he's gonna make sure you you're not ground and pounding him. Yeah, I, I believe this fight could have gone either way. I think it was a solid split decision victory by Andre Munez. Yeah, if I had to pick, you gotta pick Munez. If even you as watch a, the even fight. even pre-fight when I picked Far Park Fark, even pre-fight when I picked Park, I believe that watching the fight, Munez did 
did do enough to win the fight through three rounds. Okay, just as we did last week, we're going to have a theme, a Christmas theme top five. I think that's going to be the theme for the whole month, obviously, as we get closer to Christmas. Last week it was movies. This week, top five Christmas songs. I think there's a lot of Christmas songs that are good. There's a lot of Christmas songs songs that are not good. But, yeah. They're not good as in Christmas movies good. Right. They're just popular. This was a much harder one than the Christmas movies. I didn't expect it to be hard coming in. I uh, thought it was going to be like the Christmas movies where I had like a, a slew of options that just kept coming to my head. Well, the thing is, I have a slew of options for this. It's not a I slew like of a, options that I, I like prefer. a bunch of them, but there's not like there's not one or two or three that I'm like, I love this. Right. There's a bunch of popular Christmas songs. So I think that's kind of necessarily bad, but right. I think that's actually what I geared my list towards is when I think about oh, myself. Oh, so you're pandering. Okay. Yeah. When I think about myself singing Christmas music. You're trying to win our, over our giant audience. Yeah, basically. I also have my kid help. That helps me. That anyway. does help. Um, my number one overall, because it's my, my week to go first, I'm going to defrost the queen herself, the commercial success, Miss Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. I mean, I totally get this pick. I think it would have had to be my first pick, too. I don't know if, like... It's she not gets my a favorite. solid billion plays every Christmas season. It's not my season. favorite, but it's like you can... You're trying to win it, a top five. You're trying to win a top five, which we're not playing anything. But it's also like unequivocally she's singing like very well and very talented in the song. She's a very talented artist. Yeah, so it's like I get it. Can you hold a pen? But yeah, that's a good first pick. <laughs> so... What do you have for your first two picks, sir? So my first pick, I went old school when I picked a song everybody knows. It's kind of like, and it's a catchy song. And honestly, when I think about it, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Number one, Feliz Navidad. Oh, that's a good one. I love the song. song. Everybody knows the song, whether they even know what they're saying, especially in America. But everybody knows the song. Just means Merry Christmas. It does. Catchy. Very catchy. Brings cultures together. Feliz Navidad. I want to wish you yeah. a Merry Christmas. They have like, like it's a some, great song. Some, it's like kind of like poppy, poppy country rock song. Great song. Very popular. Everybody knows it. Feliz Navidad, my one. That's a solid one, but it, it, there's there's no comparison to Mar- Mariah Carey. No, mine's better. This is a better listen to song. Just because it's more popular. McDonald's isn't the best burger in the world. Uh it's the most consistent. So my number two. This is where I don't know. There's so many things to to choose from, and that this is where like personal opinion must must kind of play the the biggest. All role, right, I got right? my number two. Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. Ooh, that's the exact song I had on my list. It's a great song. Santa Claus is coming to town. Like everybody knows it. It's played everywhere. It's Michael Jackson singing, probably at his, at his peak, his, his peak where his voice is good child at. peak. Jackson Five. I mean, everybody knows that song. Everybody loves that song. It's still on every playlist. Like if you go to a, a department store and they have a Christmas playlist that's like ten songs, this song is going to be on there. Right. No, I, I, I agree that that that's a very good pick. Similar to the Feliz Navidad, it's. It's an up there pick that gives you levels of popularity, you know, kind of the department store vibe where, you know, you'll, you'll kind of catch it throughout the season wherever. And to my pandering list, it kind of plays in that same category where you're doing the exact same thing as me. You're just not willing to admit it. So that's good. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, so that moves on to my second pick. I think I've got to go with Jingle Bell Rock. Damn it. Right. It's, it's just an elite Christmas song. It I is. mentioned uh, in the Feliz Navidad, it's like a pop Christmas. It's like the better version. Everybody knows the like original Everybody Jingle Bells. Everybody knows Jingle Bells. It's like a real song version of the, the, the nursery rhyme Jingle Bells. Right, exactly. It's a good song. Jingle Bell Rock is an elite song in the Christmas spirit. 
it's also one kind of like your last pick where it's going to be in that top 10 for for the department stores for any anybody playing a christmas playlist jungle bell rock is going to find its way in there so kind of is a catch-all you know in in the sense of of what the song is my next pick third overall for me man there's a few on here but i think i gotta go with let it snow let it snow let I it somehow snow. did not have that on my list. There, dude, there was a couple sneaky ones that that That's evaded a good song, me. Though. But it's a good song, you know. It's a classic Christmas song. The weather outside, is right? Spiteful. You know, it. You know, you're you're at home watching a movie. You can have that playing in the background, and it's not pissing anybody off. You're at a Christmas party. It's on. It kind of hits that same thing where it's in that top Christmas playlist. It's a catch-all. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. That was your third pick? That is my third pick. All right, my third pick, another, uh, this is a classic Christmas song. I believe it was in the, the movie Home Alone. Oh, no. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Rocking, Rocking around, around? Yeah, that's a good one. Christmas Tree. Da, da, da. Uh, that's a great song. It goes with the theme of all our other picks where it's going to be on any Christmas playlist pretty much. Uh, been around a long time. Popular. It's catchy. That actually, dude, I just, I'm realizing now, that's not actually on my list. That's a great song. That is a good song. I, I don't know how I missed that one. That, that is a good song. So that's my number three. And now I have my number four. Right, number four. Oh, man, this is tough. This is tough. My number four pick is going to be. Don't do it to me. I'm beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. My number four. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Is that yeah. the actual name of the song? Beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, beginning. Okay. It's beginning, beginning to look a lot like look a Christmas. Lot like Christmas. That's a good pick. Man, so the more the more I look at these lists, once you single them out, each individual song is a good Christmas classic. Yeah, they're good like, There's songs. really no bad pick And they're from here. like all different eras too, which is kind of cool. But how a lot of these songs were developed in this in. Like the 40s and 50s. And yeah, and they just keep getting remade. Remade and remade and remade. More modern yeah. and more modern. All right. So that goes to my pick. number four and my number five. So you finished your third and fourth with Rocking Around the Christmas Tree and Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. So I think for my number four, I'm going to go with Deck the Halls with. I somehow didn't have that one either. What? See, there's a lot of sneaky Christmas songs that are very popular. Deck the Halls being a very popular well, that's song. That's a great pick. I did not think of that. I don't it's know a how. sneaky number four, evidently, how you didn't even have it on the list. So, yeah, Deck the Halls, another Christmas classic, played another kind of, as we said, with almost all of these picks so far, two of two for each of us. Not having on the other list a good department store Christmas pick, a good home for the holidays pick. I'm kind of torn for what I want to do for my number five. There's a lot of ways you could go with it. I think I'm going to do- go with one that at least now I know is bo- on both of our list. I'm going to go with Happy Christmas, War is Over by John Lennon to finish it off. Oh, you some left-wing douchebag. Okay. I, t- I told you earlier that I was, uh, was currently on a Beatles kick. That one's we listened to it earlier. It's just a good song. Happy Xmas, Happy Christmas, War is over. Good song by John Lennon. Wish he was still here. Alright, so I'm just gonna round out my top five. Another Christmas classic, I Another assume. Another Christmas classic. That's fair. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Not on my list either. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that's I think it's a classic one. It goes it's a department store one. Everybody knows the words. I think it's a classic. I don't see how it can't be on somebody's list. I don't know how it dropped this far, even for myself. Yeah, well, sometimes things like that happen. So let's recap. My number one, Felice Navidad. My number two, Santa Claus is Coming to the Town by Jackson 5. My number three, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Four, Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. And five, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Man, put those on a CD. I'd listen to them. My number one is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Two, Jingle Bell Rock. Three, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Four, Deck the Halls. And five, Happy Christmas, War is Over.
All right. So the final UFC card of 2023, UFC 296, Vicente Luque versus Ian Gary. How do you think this fight's going to go? Man, I would love to come in here and say Vicente Luque is going to teach Aaron, Aaron, Ian. Aaron Gary. Aaron Gary. I mean, at this Ian point, Gary. if he loses, we can change his name to whatever we want, right? <laughs> That's what he did. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see Vicente Luque, the silent assassin, come in, teach the 26-year-old a lesson. But I don't I think, think he can do it. I think these odds are this way for a reason. I think Ian Gary comes in. I think Ian Gary gets the win. I think he stays undefeated. Vicente Luque, he's... I think he is a gatekeeper. He's a guy... He's very talented, but he's proven he's not at the top of the top. Right. So he's to see, like, how legit are you? Look, he's a legit top 10 guy. He's not a top 5 guy. So what's Ian Gary? Everybody can talk all the shit they want. Ian Gary is 13-0. and He's 6-0 and in the UFC. And he's taking on and willing to take on any skilled opponent. But to your credit and to anybody's credit, Vicente Luque is a very skilled opponent. I think the odds here are showing exactly how prominent Ian Gary is in the welterweight division. Minus 400 is the money line here, and I think he pays that through. I think this is going to be a striking heavy match where Ian Gary does what he said he's going to do and win. 14-0 and 0 in his, is in his future, in my opinion. I think Ian Gary gets a dub, too. One interesting thing to look at, though, Vicente Luque. He's been in the UFC since 2015. He has 13 UFC finishes. That's so a lot of finishes. That's a lot of finishes. He's a guy that could... This isn't... Ian Gary's not just going to roll over him, but I, I do agree that I think Ian Gary gets the dub. In the next fight we move on to, this is maybe the people's main event. Man, this one's crazy. This is crazy that this fight's even happening. The to guy me. that the consensus MMA fandom loves, Tony El Kukui Ferguson, coming in a six-fight losing streak. At 39 years old. The guy who has recently become what a majority of MMA fans hate, Patty the Batty Pimblet. I love Patty. I love Patty too. He's four and zero in the UFC. Yes, riding his, high, riding his, on the hype. His last fight was a contract. He should have lost the fight, but he won by split decision. But he's also a guy that's twenty and three. His three UFC finishes. So he's not. People love to talk shit on him, just because of his last fight. But like he's but he a has legit MMA fighter. He's right. twenty he, and he three. He choked out Jordan Levitt. He won split decision over Jared Gordon. He was cage warrior champ before he came over. Like Michael Bisping has done that. Like look and argue. Like he's not even three in his career, and he's he finishes done, people. Okay, the the other fan favorite, Molly McCann. He's done better than she has, and everybody still loves her. No, people hate on her online too. MMA crowd hates her. Oh, uh, I like her. I like her too. <laughs> well, but, I look, mean, this is an interesting fight. Tony Ferguson. Can he? Should he retire? I think we all think yes. Six fights in a row losing. He's what, lost four? all his killers, but each one, like, he's four of six of them have been, like, not decision. He's looked uh, old. worse and worse and older and older each each of these six fights. I just don't see any way. I'm not going to say any way. Tony is definitely going to stay in there, but I think Patty rises to the occasion. He's had a long time off. He just found out his wife's pregnant with twins. Whoop, whoop. So I Look. think he's going to have the motivation. He's the younger guy. He's the guy whose career is kind of hanging in the balance. He's 28. El Kakui's 39, like, in six losses in a row. I think Patty Pimlet rises to the occasion. He gets the dub. I think that I agree with you. But at the same time, if he beats Ferguson here, I think Patty Pimlet needs to be tested in the UFC next. I agree that he's going to win, but his next fight after this doesn't need to be a hype train fight. It needs to be a real contest in the lightweight division. I agree. Moving on to our next fight, we're going to have Shakvat Rokhmanov taking on Steven Wonderboy Thompson. The Nobad is 17-0 in his career, 5-0 in the UFC, finishing Every all of his appearances. Four submissions, one take TKO. Not only that, he's 17-0 with 17 finishes. It's crazy. Eight KOs, nine subs. The now, man can do it all. The Wonderboy, Steven Thompson, he's a black belt in karate. He's an excellent striker. His last fight was canceled. I think Michelle Pereira missed weight by like three pounds, so that was its own controversy. So that means his last time he's fought was exactly a year ago, in right. December 2022. Right. Where he did beat up 
Kevin Holland, but he did, a long he time. did beat Kevin Holland by doctor stoppage, which means Kevin Holland was willing to fight. The doctor said he couldn't go. Well, the, anymore. the team threw the towel in too. So, so Wonder Boy, he's forty years old. How's the layoff gonna affect you? I could see it being positive for an older guy or negative. I could, I could definitely see that. I think somebody like Shockvat, Shockvat, Shavkat, sorry, Shavkat Ron, Ron. I'm gonna go with the Nomad. Rachmanov. Shavkat Rachmanov. That's such a hard name to say. I apologize. The Kazakhstani. The the Nomad. I think he's gonna come out. I think he's gonna do what the line says. Minus 650 odds. As much as I don't want to say it, I think he is going to beat the Wonder Boy at his own game. I think it's gonna be a striking based bout, and I think Rachmanov is gonna beat him on the feet. I think the same thing. A little preview to one of my bets later. I think this. Goes the under, I think, Shavkat by finish. Fair enough. So we go on to the co-main event. What's that one? Co-main event, the first title fight of the night for the 125 title. Flyweight. Alex, the cannibal Pantoja, making his first title defense against a guy he beat not that long ago in Brandon Roy Val, Raw Dog. Crazy that that's your nickname, though, Raw Dog. Yeah, look, I, I dig it. He, look. Raw Dog is 15 and 6 in his career. He can make his nickname three, whatever he wants three in my Three wins opinion. in a row. His last loss? Pantoja. Two Pantoja in 21, so it hasn't been that long ago. But 5 and 2 in the UFC, Roy Val. His two losses, Pantoja and Brandon Moreno. So, I mean, those are two like notable losses. A little bit of a fun fact for you. Pantoja's only lost by decision in his career. So, that's, that's very interesting when Pantoja has a, an array of... KO subs decision victories but he does not he get, get finished. finished so I, I like that seeing that the new champ is going up against somebody he's already subbed as his first title defense to me it's not the UFC handing him his first victory but it's handing him somebody he can beat to defend his title for the first time I don't think the UFC wants the title to change hands you know in the first defense at least give him some time to rep his country, get some ground behind him, perform a little bit. I think Pantoja wins wholehandedly this fight. So I think Pantoja wins, but I think it's going to be by uh, TKOKO. I think Roy Val, he's a, a submission guy. He got subbed by Pantoja the last time he, they fought. He did. So I think Roy Val is going to be very aware of that. He's going to be overly defensive to that, and I think that opens up Pantoja to hit him, piece him up a few times on the feet and get a TKO finish. I like that. All right. So now the main event, UFC 296. This is a fight that... Big fight for the welterweight title. A big fight. is the Just like the last title, although Leon has defended it once, he's only fought one guy. I mean, he's fought in, Usman. And Usman. To get the title it, can and this then division to defend it. have stability? Usman was the champ for a while. Can Leon Edwards win? Or is Colby Covington going to come in... Avenge his two title losses and just overwhelm Leon Edwards with cardio as so he does. In the presser, Covington's got got the win, right? On the yeah, press Leon side, does kind of stumble over his words sometimes. Yeah, He's a little he, corny. He, seen, he he doesn't seem like that. His character is as well defined as Covington's is. It's not as artificial. Leon's just being a real guy, so he doesn't always have a comeback. Colby's completely manufactured personality. But we've also seen Covington take serious damage and walk back into the fight. No, he's tough. Say what you want about him. He's tough, and he has some of the best cardio in UFC. But, on the other hand, Leon Edwards hasn't lost since, like, 2015. He's had 12, one no contest since yeah, to 12, Muhammad. 12 Bilal fights unbeaten. Muhammad. 11 of those wins, and as you said, the one no contest, he poked Bilal in the eye real bad. Dude, it's it's a tough fight. I think Chaos coming is the right three. nickname for Colby Covington because I think he's going to come in here, create some chaos in the presser, get people off their feet, get people kind of agitated, get Camp Edwards frustrated, and I think they're going to do enough in Camp Covington to win the fight. I pick Co Colby Covington to get the belt back for America, the welterweight division. I completely disagree. I think Leon Edwards has been the more active fighter, better on the feet. He has good enough ground game. I think Colby's taking way too long off. He hasn't fought since March of 2022. I think Leon Edwards comes in, able to stuff a few takedowns, get Colby away from the fence, and knock him out. I got Leon Edwards by knockout. Ow!
Ready, set, hut. Let's move on to football this week. Big week in the NFL. A lot of playoff implications. A lot of playoff implications. We're not covering the uh, lesser bowls. Maybe as the bowl season goes on, bigger bowls we're going to cover for college football. So it's going to be all NFL this week. And the first game, which because college is over, regular season, one good thing is we've got NFL games on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, not on Sunday, on Saturday. That's the wrong day. Of course they're on Sunday. On I like Saturday. them on Sunday and Saturday. But Saturday, we have three games. The first one, the 7-6 and six Minnesota Vikings with their backup and now backup quarterback backup, backup backup nick mullins taking on the cincinnati Bengals with their backup quarterback jake browning who's really been playing well dude the vikings won last week three to, <laughs> three zero. to zero so it's the vikings they have an amazing defense but their offense the past like two or three weeks has been playing like shit the Bengals somehow with jake browning they're still they, rolling they've ad- i'll say it they've adapted they've adapted they have a good coach that's a sign of a good coaching staff what's his name uh, Taylor, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor. There you go. Yeah, so Zach Taylor's good. And... Good coach alert. Zach Taylor can do it without Joe Burrow, but I'd prefer to have Joe Burrow in the offense, throwing it to T. Would. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. I think the Bengals at home get this win. I think they're the more. I think they're the better team. Although I think both teams are good. Both teams are pretty much missing the quarterback to be Super Bowl contenders, Look, but. For the NFL I think the Bengals picks, get the win. For my NFL picks this week, I've decided to stop doubting myself, number one. Number two, don't let you talk me into or out of anything. Go with my gut. So I'm going to pick the Bengals. Okay, so we agree. So I talked you into that pick. Thanks. No, 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 no. Right, I picked game. the Bengals first, and you just got to say it first. The next game, also on Saturday, features your favorite team. The I seven picked the Colts. 7-6 and six Colts hosting the 7-6 and six Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, they lost to the Patriots last week. That's a bad, bad loss. Can he pick it out? Mitch Trubisky having Mitch a start. Mitch Trubisky is the epitome of worse. what you don't want to be your starting quarterback in the, in the Pittsburgh area. And the Bing, and the Colts, although they're coming off a loss to the Bengals, before that they've won four in a row. Look, they, Gardner Minshew win games. Gardner Minshew is nothing if he's not electric. He's a locker room guy. If he's not the starter, you want him on your team. Bottom line, I believe in Gardner Minshew a lot more than I believe in Mitch Trubisky. I, I believe the, you there. I think the Colts get the win. I appreciate the uh, the follow there. I do also believe in a backup kind of high stakes backup match because both teams at seven and six yeah, are I didn't vying realize for the playoff. First four teams we've mentioned, yeah, they're all with at least their backup quarterback. Yeah, Some they're all more. with with their backup quarterback and fighting for playoff contention for each of these teams. So every single victory is important. Seven and six for the Colts. Seven and six for the Steelers. The Colts need this win to contest with the eight and five Jaguars. I think the Colts win with Gardner Minshew magic. Yeah, so we agree on that one. Next, we're going to move on to the last Saturday game, Saturday night. Broncos. Denver Broncos. 7-6 versus the Lions, 9-5. This Lions team? Underperforming, underwhelming, but also good? I don't understand. You just don't know what's going to show up. They're either going to win, look very impressive, or get blown out. I don't understand the Lions. But the Broncos, listen to this. They have won six out of seven of their last seven games. Remember, they lost by 50 points to the Dolphins, and then since then they've been a right. great team. Sean so Payton is first they won year, six took them out of while. seven, and they're seven and six, which means at one point, what were they, one and two? Yeah, but they— one and two. Or one and way, six, I mean. Sorry yeah, about that. way worse than that, brother. <laughs> one and but two, that's not that bad, Sean actually. Sean Payton his first year. They're finally clicking him and Russell Wilson. I think the Broncos' <laughs> momentum continues. I think the Lions, they're a team. They're a good team, but they could also lose to anybody. And not saying the Broncos aren't anybody, but I think the Broncos go and get the win. I think they move to eight and six, and there will be another disappointing loss for the Lions. Dude, the Lions lost to the Bears by 15 points last week. Jared Goff has been struggling the past couple weeks. But they're still leading the NFC North. I think if they're going to do that, they they need to beat the Broncos here. They need to find a way to win, and I think they're going to rebound well. I actually picked the Lions here to beat the Broncos at home, or to beat to win against the Broncos when the Lions are at home. All right, so let's move on go. to Sunday now. 
One of the teams we just mentioned, the team that beat the Detroit Lions last week, the Chicago Bears, 5-8, and eight, quietly in playoff contention. Quietly. T- taking on the 8-5 and five Browns, another team with a backup quarterback. How do you see this one going? Man, look, the Browns beat the Lions by double digits. I think it's really just time to let Justin Fields play. This well, that's is what I was point- about to say. Is he finally coming to, like— finally starting to play they've won two in a row five and eight he makes big plays yeah he does still make some mistakes but but this has also let been him sling it this has also been an, an an efficient justin fields when they've let excuse me when they've let him do his thing they've only really struggled when they've the only coach had him on, limiting a, on him. a leash yeah right it's like I, let the guy run let's yeah. see what he can do if he's gonna get hurt he's gonna get hurt whether you're protecting him but or not, not even that they're not even letting him they, a lot of times they don't let him throw downfield. Now look, the Browns have activated Joe Flacco off the practice squad two weeks in a row. They've officially named him as the starter well, for the rest last of the week. season. You saw some of his he had some great throws last week. Yeah, no, they they named him as a starter for the rest of the season. I think they're gonna just give him, you know, elevate him permanently off the practice squad. He's gonna be the starter. We've already know that. They're in playoff contention. So are the Bears. This is a big one, but I think the Bears win. I think Justin Fields being able to kind of do what he needs to do, just even if he has to ignore the coach here, I think he's going to just do what he has to do. I don't think he's going to ignore the coach, win the game. but I think the Bears win the game. I like the way Justin Fields has been playing lately. I got the Bears too. So let's move on. Next game. Another game. Huge playoff implications, even though they're not the greatest teams. The 6-7 and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going to the six and seven Green Bay Packers, both teams fighting for the spot. Green Bay coming off of a off of a tough Monday night loss to the Giants. Right. Bucks, a huge division win against the Falcons last week. As yes. I said, Bucks are in contention not only for the playoffs, the last playoff spot. They're but, currently winning the division with a division, losing record, but for their division, so they can make it both ways. Packers really going for that uh, wild card spot. I just think it's going to be tough for the Bucs to go to Green Bay and win. And I'm never, at this point, I like the guy. I'm never sold on on Baker Mayfield. I'm never going to be betting on Baker Mayfield. Right. No, I agree. I think they've done well this season with what they've had. It's it's strange to say that when they're a 6-7 team. Like, they have a losing record, but we're proud of him in some way. It's not strange. It's just they're overperforming. Right, we didn't think that, didn't we didn't think expect they were be anything, anything out of them, and now so they're like to, six and seven. So it's like, oh yeah, right. To be on the verge of five hundred is great. They currently hold the keys to the division with a losing record, especially beating the Falcons and the Panthers in the respective weeks. I think the Packers are going to win this week, but I will credit Baker Mayfield as doing doing his part to hold down the fort. You know, with everything he's had to deal with this season so far. All right, next game. AFC East matchup, the division leaders, the 9-4 and four Dolphins coming off of a very disappointing Monday night loss to the Tennessee Titans, taking on the New York Jets, 5-8, and eight, coming off of a very impressive 30-6 to six shellacking of the Houston Texans. What do you call it when Zach Wilson just comes back off the bench and just starts slinging it? Did you see it? what his teammate said he told him? What? He said, well, they can't, what are the, the worst they can do is bench me again. So I'm just going to go sling it. And it's like, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? How do you bench the guy five times? Like, what's like, yeah, you're going to throw picks. You can't be wishy-washy on your quarterback. You got to stick with him through thick or thin because he will perform and he will grow. You have to give him an opportunity. With all that being said, I don't think he performs this week. No, I As think well the Dolphins are going to trounce them. I think the Dolphins, Absolutely. especially if of a loss at home, division opponent, I got the Dolphins. I don't know about... Th- I found a nine-and-a-half-point spread for the Dolphins, which is crazy. I think that's a it's little too wild. large. Especially... They haven't been playing nine-point nine well. favorites I got the all Dolph- season. Yeah, I got the Dolphins winning by like seven points, four points. But four if I'm a points. betting man, I might take the, the Jets to cover that nine-point spread. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's a pretty wild too. one. That, that that might actually play play into my, uh, so let's to my takes later on. Stay with the New York teams, but another New York team on the road. New York Giants, five-and-eight. Coming off of a big win against Green Bay just yesterday, Monday night, taking on the six and seven New Orleans Saints. Saints right there with the Falcons and the Bucks, tied at the top of the division, close to a playoff spot, underperforming, but they are coming off of a 
as a Saints fan, I can't even say it's a huge win. Like they beat the shit out of the, it's the a needed worst, win, needed win. But we beat the shit out of the worst team in the NFL, and we didn't even do it. Like we didn't look great doing it. No, absolutely. They they needed the win number one. It's kind of weird though because you got Tommy DeVito three and zero as a starter. I mean, Tommy DeVito, say what you want. He's winning games. He's a spicy meatball. And he's, like, captivated the—at worst, he's captivated the fan base and, like, meme culture. Dude, look, they've—I saw a meme today. They set Italian stereotypes back 400 years. Back? Or he's a 3-0 starting quarterback. I said that sets it forward. No, no, no. The Italian stereotypes, they set the stereotype back 400 years. Just because he looks—he's playing the— stereotypical Italian part in real life, not in football. He's doing great as a starter. I think the Saints have what it takes to pull it off this week. Yeah, I think being at home is going to be the difference. A young, inexperienced quarterback going into the Superdome in a game where if the Saints play well, that place is loud. And look, Derek Carr, say what you will about him, he is a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He just needs to figure it out with that system. Put the brakes on. He is not a good quarterback. I'd rather have Jameis Winston in there. Well, I'm, I'm not. But I got the Saints that. winning. I think Saints, the Saints win with Derek Carr, but, despite the Saints fans in the building. Yeah, Derek Carr's absolute dog shit. Saints win despite Derek Carr. Saints seven and seven. Let's go to maybe the game I'm most excited about. There's one more game, but the ten and three hottest team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, first place now in the NFC East. Taking on the Buffalo Bills, seven and six, maybe the NFL's most disappointing team, but coming off of the biggest win of the season at Arrowhead. They're I don't know if they're the most disappointing team, but they're the most least clutch team this season. I think they're most disappointing because they're Super Bowl contenders and they're seven and six. The Cowboys are the number one scorer. Cowboys probably the most uh probably top ten in every category in the NFL. We said most disappointing. They might be the most like surprised at whatever the opposite of disappointing is. Surprising. The, I guess the biggest question is, are the Cowboys going to cowboy? Or are they actually... We all know eventually they're going to cowboy. They're not winning the Super Bowl, but right, this but is great for them. There will be... So th- this is the thing to, to wonder. There will be a time in history where the Cowboys win the Super Bowl again. I wouldn't... I'm not saying know, it's this year by any standpoint. That might not be true. The NFL is not going to last forever. It won't? At this point, America probably won't last forever. Fair, fair. If it did, you have to. There's a reasonable chance that I believe the, there's a finite NFL amount of NFL seasons. How many are there? That's that's like asking like, when am I gonna die? So you don't want to know the answer, but when that when and it you'll happens, never know. yeah, okay. There's all there's a finite NFL seasons for me. So the way the Cowboys have been playing, yeah, and exactly for me, a hundred percent. The way the Cowboys have been playing. I don't know if they do win another Super Bowl. Look, I think regardless— and not playing this year. I mean playing as in the past, like, 20 years. Right. Because obviously this year they look very impressive. I think regardless of how the Cowboys have cowboyed in the past, I think they're going to go to the Bills and beat them at home. I think Dallas is going to win this game. I disagree. I think this is going to be a lot like last week where the Bills back against the wall. They had to go to Arrowhead, get the win. They need this win. They're going to figure out a way— they're going to beat Dallas at home. Maybe it's cold. Maybe Dallas can't handle the outdoor um, conditions. I got the Buffalo Bills winning this game. Yeah, you would think. Look, next one we have 10-3 and three Ravens. Probably finally time to talk about them. So we just talked about the number one team in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. Technically, I think they're ahead of the Niners in terms of standings. That's crazy. But Cowboys, one of the top teams, taking on... Maybe the top team in the AFC. The Untalked Ravens? about the ten Ravens, and ten and three, taking on the Jaguars at home, eight and five, leading their division. Coming off two straight disappointing losses, though. I Jags. need the Jaguars to lose here for the Colts to be able to tie them for the division, and you know, hopefully, take advantage by the end of the season. I get that, and I think they do lose. I think the Ravens. They had an exciting game last week. The Ravens are a team that wins. They've been on the cusp of things for a little while, for a few seasons. So I think they're finally making that jump. I think, look, they're a legit Super Bowl contender. I think they go to Jacksonville. I think they get the dub. I think the Colts and the Jags are tied by the end of the day. I agree with you in all of that. I just want to add to it that I think the Lamar Jackson has 
you know, he's been very efficient this year because they've allowed him to do what he needs to do, similar to what they need to do for Justin Fields. I agree. I think the Ravens are going to win, and the Jags-Colts are going to be tied by the end of the day. All right, so let's go to Monday night. This is the third day we've covered. Monday night is going to be very, very important if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're an Eagles fan. If you're a Seahawks fan. If you're a Seahawks fan, this loss could count you out of the playoffs. If you're a Rams well. fan, I mean, all the teams in contention for the playoffs, this is the game to watch. Every game Ten and at three this point Eagles in the NFL coming off matters. Two straight losses. Two straight, not only losses, they got dominated by the two other best teams in the conference. Seahawks the 49ers, lost four in a row. By the Cowboys, and then the Seahawks come in six and seven, right there in playoff contention. But as you said, four losses in a row, and they haven't looked good really in any of them, except maybe the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, but that was just that was more DK Metcalf just being exactly. on fire. The team's not has not been performing. I think the Eagles go into Seattle. They're a great team, Super Bowl contender, and they've lost two in a row. To me, that tells me they're going to rebound very well especially yeah. with the extra day rest. And I think the Eagles go into Seattle and I think they slap the Seahawks around and get the dub. I wholeheartedly agree. I think the Eagles are going to walk into Seattle and show them who the true birds are of the NFL. All right, and now for Stakes and Takes, our... I guess I'll say our best guess for betting segments, our best advice we're for what you can do. Out there. I'm doing my best, is what I mean, I'll we're say. We're doing our best, but our best um, wasn't that good this week. Not this week. I went a total of seven and eight. I believe you went eight and seven. So at least I got the dub, and I'm over 500. I'm happy about that. Yeah, let's you kick suck. it off with uh, UFC. I went two and three. My wins are Tim Elliott and Song Yedong. Losses are going to be uh, Jung Young Park, Jamie Malarkey, and Anthony Smith. Man, we were off on a lot. I went three and two. But the opposite loss, way, right? Uh, I didn't pick Tim Elliott. Right. That was my loss. And I had Sung Young Park. We had that one the same. Okay. But I picked Hack Parash win. I picked Khalil Roundtree over Anthony Smith win. And I picked Song Yedong. I think we both had that. Yeah, we both so had that. So three and two. So Dang. it feels like I did a lot better, but... Is only a, a game better? Yeah, just one one switch. So it's not that big. One fight better, so it's not that big of a win. We just have difference in picks. Both went one and zero in college yeah. football. The one cause game, Army Navy. Army beat Navy seventeen to eleven. A uh, little late safety. A little late safety. Catching Help. the over. Gotta oh, love the it. Spread. Oh, the spread. I think both actually. Nice. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So both got that one right. How'd you do NFL? Man, I went. Four and five. I did too, but we also is a totally different four and five. Dude, I got the Browns right. I got the Ravens right. I got the Vikings right. And the. No, I got the Chiefs uh, wrong. Wrong. Yeah. I went. How'd you do? I went. You were the opposite of that. Four and five. I went Ravens right. I think we both had that. Right. I think we both had 49ers right. Correct? 49ers over Seahawks. I had the Bills over the Chiefs. Oh, I didn't write the 49ers. Sorry. I got Bills over Chiefs. Bills I had over that Chiefs. one right. And then I had Char I had the Broncos over the Chargers. So that's one we got different. Right. So I got those two different, but also four and five. So Dude, it, it was a wild way for for us to tie for, for for you to win by one pick. We both got we, a we, wild and we amount disagreed of things on like wrong. six or seven things. Yeah, it was a wild. it was it was not it was all what I wanted to do. I thought for sure I had the right thought process coming in. It obviously proved wrong. But, like, in the same time, you only won by one pick, so you are you were barely bad. You don't know something else? You still won? That, and I also <laughs> won the bets by one pick, too. I went 3-2 and two in bets. Yeah, I went 2-3. and three. I started 3-0. and oh. I thought I was going to have a perfect week. I lost my last two, my two NFL ones. But 3-2, and two, my two MMA, I had Song Yudong, Moneyline. I had Nazrat, Hack Parast, Moneyline. Got both of those right. And I also had Army uh, over Navy money line. Right. I had the uh, Elliott money line and Vikings money line as my wins. I lost Park money line, Lions money line, and Chiefs money line. Yeah, I lost Eagles money line and Texans money line. Texans is really disappointing. But look, dude, we both got our upsets of the weeks. I picked the Vikings beating the Raiders. They were plus three favorites on the road, and they won three, three to, to zero. zero. That was maybe the worst NFL game I, I've ever I've seen in my life. I've never seen... I don't think I've ever seen an NFL game end with just three points. 
I like I I don't remember. I can't remember. I one. might have, but like that is incredible. It was a very bad game, and you got the Bills upsetting the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, which, thank God. Thank God for Kadarius Tony lining up like three feet offside. Yeah, that was He's like wild. a yard in front of the football. And normally, like I would even entertain controversy like this, but the fact that they're even arguing it was it, so obviously offsides, and a thing they emphasize this year, where it's like. Yeah, yeah, would you say like two years ago was one time, last year was two times, and this year has been 11 times? Yeah, they like called they made a point like we're calling this. Yeah, so the Bills had no excuse to lose that game, especially when they won. The Chiefs— <laughs> You just said the Bills had no I'm, excuse, especially since they won. Yeah, I was trying to—I meant to start <laughs> that off with the Chiefs. That was my bad. Uh, the Chiefs had no excuse. They had an opportunity after the Kadarius Tony. Offsides, and they yeah, and still guys, didn't get the touchdown or the first down to extend their drive listen, at all. I think the Bills deserve to win. They they did they wholeheartedly. They performed. They've had a lot of close losses. They deserve this close win. So, so the seven and the eight Bills. loss for me, and an eight and seven victory for you. Where does that put you on your stakes this week? Your bets. My best. I was totally you confused. Dumbass. Every single time. Up. I thought you messed Every up. Every week you think I mess up, and I'm right. I made the segment up. Yeah, you're confusing me. I'm sorry. What are your <laughs> bets, a.k.a. <laughs> your stakes, My sir? My stakes. I got three UFC ones. I have two UFC. Let's got, go with UFC first, then we'll go to uh, NFL. I got Rockmanoff Thompson, the under, because obviously I picked Rockmanoff to win by uh, finish. Right. I think he does it. That's pretty fair. Uh, what is it under there? Is that under one and a half rounds? I believe so. I haven't seen A lot of the lines don't come out until later in the week, but I, I understand what you're trying to say here. I think either way, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Pantoja money line. I think he dominates the rematch against the guy he's already finished. I also have the Pantoja money line as my first UFC bet. And then I have main event. I have Leon Edwards. I think he might head kick KO uh, Colby Covington. Oh, dude, I have an upset here. I have Colby Covington taking the belt from Leon Edwards money line plus 135 for my side. I like having one we disagree in. Yeah, it's always fun to uh, kind of put your money where your mouth is. And then the I, have, I have two NFL ones. I got I the Baltimore three. Ravens going on the road beating the Jags. I have their money line. And I have the Eagles going on the road beating the Seahawks, their money line. A little nervous picking two road teams. I think both of those wins in. are going to happen, though. I think the Ravens are going to go on the road and win. And I think the Eagles are going to be the, the better birds of the matchup and, and beat the Seahawks at home. My three NFL games, I think Jake Browning and the Bengals are going to continue to, you know, beat adversity. I think they're going to rebound well with the loss of Joe Burrow. I think the Packers are going to win. And I think the Cowboys are going to go to the Bills and beat the Bills at Ooh, home in a cold I didn't bet setting. It, but we disagree on that one, so I like it. Um, what do you have for upset of the week? My upset of the week, I have the Chicago Bears winning in Cleveland. Plus 145, Chicago Bears money line. So I'm going to go with my last pick as my upset. I think the Cowboys are going to go to the Bills and beat the Bills at home. I think it's just kind of showing. I'm not going to doubt them again. The Cowboys, in my opinion, at least before the postseason. They got you right where they want you. They're about to disappoint the shit out of you. They're not going to Cowboy yet. Yet. That's all I got to say about it. So it's be interesting to see what happens. But uh, thanks for listening to episode 26 of Split Decision. Check us out next week. We're going to review UFC 296, the last card of the entire year for the UFC. We're going to preview the next week in the NFL, and we're going to give you a good special edition Christmas top five. Check it out. Check it out.